we go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is Jonah Mark Tolly, and joining me is a very tired and sleepy Gary K. Jones. Yeah, it's been it has been a day. Um, yes. I had yeah. to move. I had to move uh, something like two hundred and sixty chairs uh, yesterday. I had to stack oh. them up first, clear the clear a floor, set down thirty three tables. Put the chairs back down. Oh. That was most of my Monday, and <laughs> oh man! And so today I'm, I'm I'm after doing work I'm dragging. Yeah, I, good. good. We're here to talk Ahsoka episode five. Um, yes, yes. Now <laughs> you've been somewhat critical of this series. I have. Um, this has been widely considered by most fans to be the best episode they've done. Yes, they. It. I would agree with that. It is very much so. Um, yeah. So you know, my going into episode four, I was concerned because, and well, in coming out of it in last week's review, I was really concerned because we have not seen Thrawn. We hit the halfway right. point of the series. Thrawn still has not been physically seen on screen other than in, you know, teasers and stuff like that. And that's, yeah. that's been the bulk of what we've seen. Everything we know about him is based on what people have said about him. And it is, it's getting frustrating. Um, that being said, this episode is really good because one of the biggest issues, d- despite the fact that we do not see, Thrawn at all in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest concerns, and I voiced this. I voiced this last week. I voiced this uh, to a couple of other people as well. That it is frustrating that you have to do a ton of homework to understand half the dialogue and half of the action sequences and half yeah. of everything that's taking place in the series. If you've not watched Clone Wars and have yeah. no idea who Ahsoka is, if you, you've not watched Rebels and have no idea who Hera or Jason or or Sabine or any of these other characters are, you're not going to get it. And so these references are they're lost on a lot of the general audience. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking with someone today and he's torn about seeing it because like he likes star wars but it feels like it's just too much work for him to keep track of like yeah he his boys have seen the clone Wars series and but he just doesn't remember much of it because Mm -hmm. it's seven seasons of material that you have to go through in order to understand just a modicum of of who who ahsoka is but then i there's someone i was i was i follow on um on social media and he made a comment that like as much of a fan of star wars as he is he has not watched those series he's not watched rebels he's never watched clone wars he has no interest in the in the animated stuff and so he has no idea half of what's going on with ahsoka while he liked the the episode um which you know spoiler alert if you didn't pay attention to what we were talking about last week uh, we get a nice episode of of kind of flashback sequences with Anakin Skywalker, played by 
Hayden Christensen. Uh, it, yeah, it's that that was fun, but it, you know, just un, be able to understand that prior to was frustrating. This episode, however, I think did a really good job of providing that that background information because yeah. now because now we understand that Anakin, you know, who who's at least in past tense was the future Vader prior to his fall to the dark side, he was her her master. Yeah, yeah. I I thought this was I I agree with you. I was thinking the same thing that like. This is definitely a show that is for, I think, geared towards super hardcore fans. Yeah. Um, I think a show like like the, like Mando, you can go in without having watched really any Star Wars. And you might be lost a little, but I think you would still, if you like sci-fi, you could still find yourself enjoying it. Yeah. The, because and, you don't have to have a, a prerequisite in doctorate in star wars to go into the mandalorian to, and you know be like oh this is a fun show i would agree with you in the first season first season yes um but like once you get into season two and you start dealing with bo katan and her and her folks um yeah. if you and you start getting into dealing with ahsoka those issues are you know those things pop up and uh, uh but i don't think they pop up as 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 much or as as strongly they, as they do and they you're right they so don't bad. but they once they do though it creates this like it's explained well enough but it's like what makes ahsoka such a powerful jedi why mm -hmm. if if you're a casual viewer you've only seen the movies you haven't watched the animated series you don't read the books you don't you don't read the graphic novels mm -hmm. Why is she so important? Nobody's going to get that because, yeah. as far as they're concerned, it's like, okay, if this is post original trilogy, as far as the timeline is concerned, she's not Luke, she's not Yoda, she's not Ben Kenobi. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to give a rip. Yeah. So that's when they start when they start shoehorning in these fan favorite characters from fan. Uh, fan expectation heavy sources, it's just it becomes problematic, yeah. Yeah, now with all that being said, though, I think as far as Ahsoka's story and Ahsoka's journey that we've seen from the very beginning to now, I think this was a an episode, a, a story, something that needed to happen for her character. I think this is a good book. In, to kind of bring her, you know, kind of full circle. And now she can move on to kind of a different part of her story and it move on, on through. Because I feel like this was this was her test. This was her her um Vader in the in the cave on Dagobah moment. You know, Luke had that moment where he had to face. I think that's what this I don't think that was a force ghost. I think that was her kind of her trial to 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 uh uh for 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 better for for better for uh better for a better or worse analogy this was her her basically her jedi trial yeah this is the trial of the mirror for her yeah and 
I, I I would I would agree with you to some extent, although we do see we do see her pass some of the trials in the um, throughout the Clone Wars series. Like, yeah, she, I mean, obviously she passed the trial of the flesh with the, the physicality. She tried. Uh, she um, there's uh, other trials like when um, and while it was never looked at officially as a trial when she's, you know, excommunicated from the Jedi Order. Yeah. And I think that I think that's what part of this trial was, was her overcoming her not necessarily her bitterness, but the feeling like she like she had failed. Yeah. The feeling like, you know, she had, you know, she let people down like she, you know, she had to move past that. And I think that's what this was. And I loved the the the, the um the banter between her like that line that the line that got me was uh when she tells when she tells Anakin I won't fight you and Anakin says I've heard that before I'm like oh. yeah, it's a nice it's a nice jab because it's the exact same thing she said to him um, well not just that Rebels. not just that but it's the exact line that Luke said to Vader and it's when, also it, it's yeah, also it's the like, same thing that uh, Obi Wan said to him yeah. I won't fight you. Yeah. It it's said to him at, at some point by by someone he cared about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I think the writing on this episode was really tight. I think the performances were far better, um especially mm -hmm. getting more emotion out of out of Rosario Dawson as as Ahsoka. Like yeah. prior to this her her performances have felt very wooden and I get that maybe yeah. she's trying to be as emotionally neutral as possible. Um, but even as an emotionally neutral per character in, you know, she's like, she still exerted more, more emotion during the, uh, the siege of Mandalore in the Clone Wars series than, than this. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it just feels like she's just going through reading the lines while wearing the costume and not really meaning what mm -hmm. she's saying. Th yeah. This episode, however, changed. Um, yeah. I, I did appreciate the, the sequences where they incorporated um, like memories of the Clone Wars itself. Oh, I and they almost look like shot for shot love, remakes. I, of I love seeing the Clone like the scenes of the Clone Wars. Yeah, in in real life, in real life, that was so. Um, and just from just from from a personal standpoint, seeing practical clone armor for the first time. Yeah, like we've never seen live action. Every time we've seen the clones, you know, there might be one one or two people in there with actual armor, but everyone else was going to be CGI. So to see right. practical clone armor like that was really cool. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. That, that was really cool. I mean, the... And I think they did a good job in the, the, the few scenes that they... The scenes that, that we got with the Clone Wars, they did get a good job of really encapsulating the terror and the the confusion of war that i don't even think that the that necessarily even the, the the animated series necessarily did all the time like that like you felt yeah. like the dust coming up and you can't see in front of you 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 can't see the end you never saw that you never saw the uh, the droids no you just saw the, the 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 blasters coming in so that kind of thing of terror and and confusion confusion sure. was really yeah yeah i i thought that was i thought that was pretty good um the 
I think one of the things that I I'm I was a little bit annoyed with was like it it feels like the only reason why Jason Sindula was even part of the episode was because he's supposed to have these abilities, the, the you know, yeah. these Jedi abilities to sense things. And it's like there's there's nothing, there's no other way that you, we could have worked that in. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad it wasn't Sabine that sensed that coming right. from, you know, coming from, right. uh, um, from what uh, Ahsoka was dealing with when she was when she had fallen off the the cliff. But yeah. like, I don't know. It it felt very very contrived that Jason yeah. was in the first place. It was like I said in in last week's episode, you know. The fact that Hera took her kid on an actual mission like this, knowing full well that she was probably going to run into a combat situation. I mean, like, had had she been had the ship been damaged in a way that would have been fatal, she would have been responsible for the death of her own kid. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like that's that's kind of not right. It's not okay because you, you you and I are both parents. I mean, our first job is to make sure that our kids are safe. And yeah, I mean, yeah, we let them make mistakes, but this wasn't a situation where Jason was going off doing something, trying it out. And he has mom there to back him up. This was, she willingly took him into a battle situation. Yeah. A combat well, situation. I mean, at the same time though, this is, this is also a society just about 50 years not well maybe less than 50 years before was willingly let 14 year old girls command soldiers in 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 battle uh in the in the clone wars you know ahsoka was about 14 at the beginning of the clone wars yeah so i mean you can make that argument that and also they had let a 14 year old girl run a country run an entire planet uh with yeah i i don't get that that's like that's the one of the worst <laughs> political decisions ever. Hey, let's let a, uh, a very highly emotional and completely irrational teenager run our government. Not just for this country, but the entire planet. God. What could go wrong? Oh my gosh. That's like, let's. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, but, you know, Star Wars is uh, supposed to make sense. It's. It's it's, no, but it's wizards. No, but it's the equivalent of having a Taylor Swift fan running all of planet Earth. It's not going to go well. Oh, uh, I did I did love the uh, I can never remember his name, the X-Wing pilot's response. Oh, uh, when, yeah, uh Carson. Yeah, who he mentioned about how his father was a Jedi and he was like, "Oh, okay." I, I don't know why I just love that response. He's like, oh, "Okay." Right. Yeah, sure. that, that just makes Whatever. sense. Yeah. Uh, at oh, this yeah. point, he's like the the linchpin character that's holding all of these live action series together. Like he's shown up yes. in Book of Boba Fett. He's shown up in pretty much every single season of of Mando. He's now shown up in in this in this series. Yeah. And I love his I love his interaction with the uh, with the New Republic cruiser trying to explain the uh, the situation. Like, like. I, no, you're not gonna believe it, but uh yeah, and it's just so random. So random. But like, yeah, yeah he I like him. The actor's good. Um mm -hmm. I don't know. I it just it it's like I don't know why he wouldn't just explain here's the situation. The, the yeah, know. yeah. 
I don't know if it was a situation of like they're probably not going to believe it and they're going to think I'm crazy and try to arrest me. Or... Which is weird because if if the New Republic had paid attention to what was going on from their own history within within the show of Rebels, they would have known that how Thrawn disappeared yeah. years earlier. Yeah, you know that what it's not it's not up for debate on that because they're they even acknowledge that Thrawn was taken. He was gone. Yeah, I, I'm just waiting for the uh, the the inevitable uh, connection between uh, this show and uh, uh, the and uh, the voy- Star Trek: The Voyage Home, aka the one with the whales. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, uh, that would, oh that would be funny. That would be so funny. Yeah. All of a sudden, as they're passing through uh, through hyperspace, all of a sudden you see a Klingon bird of prey just being oh yeah in the opposite direction. They're like, "What was that?" <laughs> ignore it. Ignore the ignore the ship that looks like a bird. <laughs> oh, they have to look yeah. for nuclear vessels. <laughs> yeah, the this episode I, I think was. I think it was brilliantly paced. Um, it mm-hmm. had the right the right um, blend of curiosity and information without without leaning too heavy into requiring the the audience to having watched anything else. Like this was like this was the kind of episode that should have started off the whole adventure. Like yeah. if they had started with this as episode one to prime the audience to understand that Ahsoka, especially if you're a general audience member, you're, you haven't watched any of the animated stuff. If they start with this episode and, or at least elements of it. Mm -hmm. And we, and we got this idea that she had been in the fight with Balin, got knocked over the cliff, left for dead. And she goes through this whole experience. Like she did. Um, I think having that um, that kind of that opening, that really solid action-packed cold open would have been a great and dynamic way of storytelling. And then they could back up to, like midway through the episode, back up to what happens in episode one. Right. And give right. us that, that, and give us that, that segue into the rest of the series' adventure. Yeah. Because that would give us a little bit more scope for us to go off of. Yeah, I still, I still think that when it comes to um, Thrawn, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be a a, a a season finale thing. I think I, that they're saving it for potentially for a season two, and that this is just going to be the setup for Thrawn. That we're not going to see. And, and it's so going to be what, like a cliffhanger. That's weak storytelling for me because yeah. if you're if if you keep naming this big bad guy who's got a huge fan following who has you know tons of background and you're say and instead of actually incorporating him into the series where he's supposed to be only to yeah. hold him off as a cliffhanger for season two, then yeah. all you're doing, all you're spending time doing with these eight episodes is moving characters into the position for the next season. You're not even doing anything meaningful for their character arcs. Yeah. Now, could it be because... Oh, go ahead. 
because Lucas say, is, the character arc needs to have something to do with him. And if he's yeah, the big yeah. bad guy that's supposed to help close the character arc for Ahsoka or yeah, for Sabine, yeah. their character arc isn't closed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I do think there's a the possibility because Lucas has talked about how he likes to do three part three part story story arcs where you have the first first part is introducing the characters. Uh, the second part is put them in the worst possible situation they can be in. And then the third act, you resolve everything, you know, kind of like what, what the original trilogy. I wonder if that's what they're going to do is in season two, it will be. That would make sense, except that only makes sense in like it. Here's how it makes sense. The most is a, if you're doing it as a film trilogy, which we are not, right. yeah. we're doing it as, as eight episodes and we have no guarantee that there's even going to be a second season of Ahsoka, right. especially with what's going on with the strike. Because right. even if they write something, which they can't because of the strike, they can't go into production, they can't film it, they can't do anything unless production was already going on season two secretly before the strike. Right. Now, here, here's the other factor yeah. to that, is I, that it is that... Um, doing a three act structure like that is fine, but you could have, there can be a three act structure in the scope of a season mm -hmm. and it can be done. The problem is that if it feels like if, if they're doing that, then if what we're and and we end up waiting an entire season or, you know, however long it takes to get a season two, just to see Thrawn in action, then all we're getting is the first act. And we have no guarantee of acts two or three. Yeah. And that's that's weak storytelling. And and I, I feel like Dave Filoni is he's he's leaning too heavily on requiring his audience to have all this background knowledge. And it's it's yeah. problematic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm uh I, I'm not sure. I just feel that's that's kind of where there because they Filoni has talked before about doing like a sort of a what he calls the Mando verse, right? And setting up and that Thrawn will just kind of be the the overall arching villain of of this Mando verse. So you know, I'm not sure how they're gonna use him. Um mm -hmm. you know, Filoni in the past has had a, a thing of because I remember even in Rebels there were episodes and stories where you're like, what is going on? What is he doing? And it always seemed to resolve itself in the end. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I don't know if he went into this thinking he'd, you know, he could have, he'd have more seasons or more, more opportunities, you know, more things that would be open to him and that, you know, that those doors closed, but he had already had this this series written and in pre-production, and he's just like, you know what, screw it, go through with it, or what? So I guess we'll find out in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm 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 at a point where I. Like you saw the meme that I sent you earlier today, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. So for those of you listening in, I and I actually this 
this is a meme I, I, I created myself. It's got it's got the little do the conference going on, and the uh, the the person in charge of the conference says, "Okay, how can we um, how can we improve our viewership for Ahsoka and all of our other Star Wars series?" And the first the first yes man says, uh, uh, "Increase or or improve our our um, our merchandising." And the next person says. Uh, help get the SAG after strike to, to come to a close and get our actors back. And then uh, the third guy who, who eventually gets thrown out is like, you know, just make the, the stories in the series self-contained without having to do a whole lot of homework just to keep track of what's going on. And he's, he's the one that gets thrown out the window. And, yeah. and that's, that's where I'm at right now is like, we've got all these series, especially, I mean, especially looking at, the ones that are interconnected, really interconnected, are yeah. uh, are Mandalorian, um, Ahsoka, Book of Boba Fett, uh, yeah. and 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 then you've got Clone Wars and all that. And it, like, yeah, the, but Mar Marvel has, I mean, Marvel has the same problem. I yeah, mean, Marvel does. I mean, yeah. literally, like you watch a show like like. Um, um what was the doctor strange the last mm -hmm. doctor strange movie if you didn't watch one division oh you're screwed you, you're gonna be you're gonna be completely lost i think the oh, only yeah. the only um or even um uh with if you didn't watch loki then when you watched um guardians uh, not the guardians of the galaxy but ant-man and the wasp quantumania you're gonna be like okay who's this God, I yeah. think the only one that well, actually, actually, no, um, Guardian uh, Ant Man 3 does not necessarily have to that's true with Loki, but you know, that's where where Kang is introduced. But yeah. if you if you haven't watched Endgame, you're not going to get any of what happens in, in Loki because that's where that yeah. kind of spins off from, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, yeah, Marvel and and this this has to do with Disney's merchandising and their branding and and this whole thing, we've got to just make make you know fran just interconnected franchising as much as possible this is where it is becoming problematic because your casual viewer isn't going to pay attention to all that yeah. your casual viewer isn't going to care that you've got these shows that are interconnected what they care about is good storytelling what they yeah. care about is good characters that are likable yeah. that are believable yeah. that, and that's that you feel that's why to. i that's why i enjoyed me personally enjoyed guardians because there was no, I mean, it was just you. What you kind of already knew who these characters were. You went in and you're just like, all right, we can have a good little adventure. Yeah, you know, and yeah. the same thing, like like with the early, even the early Marvel shows, like One Division. One Division was great, and it wasn't something that you need necessarily needed to have, you know, any kind of like there was connection, but it wasn't quite as strong as it's gotten now well yes and no because i mean the introduction of of uh tayana paris as um as captain marvel's friend's daughter photon photon yeah like her captain her inclusion yeah. like unless you've watched captain marvel and unless you watch the you know avengers infinity war and endgame you had no idea going into any of this what why wanda was going nutso and even still yeah. she seemed at the at the end of Endgame, where they're doing the funeral for uh, for Tony Stark, you know, and, and I know we're getting off the rails. We're talking about Marvel instead of Star Wars, but you know, again, like you look at the way that that film ends, every like she seems okay 
for the most part. You're not seeing any of the issues with the mental health that become yeah. problematic for uh, for for her going into WandaVision. There's, in right. fact, there's been no indication that she has mental health issues other right. than the grief she experiences at the loss of her twin brother uh, during Age of Ultron and the loss of grief that she feels when she uh, when she loses vision. But even then, she gets to have her 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 uh, her vendetta against Thanos during Endgame. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't even know who you are because it's a different version of Thanos. It's not the it's not the version that killed Vision. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, well, well, you will. It's a version of him that that she can beat up, and she right. gets that. She gets that that satisfaction out of it. So I like so it it they take it in a direction that is popular in the comics, but they don't explain. There's no logical recognition for why. She's become yeah. mentally unstable. And I mean, they explore that in the series, which is fine. Um, but, you know, there, there, there are certain elements, character introductions and stuff like that, that just don't, they come out of left field. So if you yeah. haven't watched anything prior, you're not going to get that. Yeah. And we keep seeing this here with, with, uh, with the Star Wars stuff. Mm -hmm. I would, yeah. what I would like to see is something completely standalone so, where you know it's something that's Star Wars. Where you have Jedi involved, where you have some kind of galactic turmoil, where you have hyperspace travel, stuff like that. You've got you see characters using the Force or being manipulated yeah. by the Force, whatever. Well, I mean, is what's what's the word on um, what's the word on the um, skeleton crew? Is that uh, still coming out? Crew, let me see here. Because that could be something that could skeleton be... crew series, which is supposed to have Jaleel White and. Jude Law, that is set to come out. Hmm. It is supposed to be interconnected with Mandal the, the whole Mandalorian. And okay. it's set during the time frame of the Mandalorian. Um, after Return of the Jedi, um, they wrapped up filming in January of this year. Um, so they were able to finish it's, the film. And it's scheduled to be released at some point this year, but I don't know if they're going to do that because, like, right, like even if they do release it, they've got nobody to publicize it. Yeah, they've got um, unless, of course, something something changes yeah um and yeah the only thing we get is it's supposed uh, this is from wikipedia and keep in mind anybody can edit wikipedia skeleton crew is scheduled to be released in december to, or, uh, on disney plus uh, uh, in 2023 and consists of eight episodes while expected the series to be released in november or december or white white is one of the uh the producers directors Hmm. Well, well, and so I'm. I'm just like, this is going to be great, but or it would be. It's going to be good, but the the problem that we have is that the we don't we don't have anything. We don't we don't we haven't seen any previews for it. There's yeah, no and I mean, a lot of that is is because of the strike. I know. Well, like you're not it, able to. Well, but the studio has been pushing things back. Like I. Um, 
because they can't do anything. Like they can't promote it. The only thing they can do is spend money on, on uh, um, publicity. And that's about it. Or not publicity. I'm sorry. Marketing. They can market it. They can run commercials. They can run, they can run uh, TV ads like that. The problem is they've got nothing to back it up. And so like, Jumping, jumping studios here. Look at what Warner Brothers did. Um, we uh, Warner Brothers had just this last month. We had Blue Beetle come out. Okay, yeah. Blue Beetle received virtually. It, it, it did not get a red carpet premiere. It was one, one of the few, one of the first summer blockbusters, blockbuster in quotations, to not get one. Because of the strike, nobody could show up. Nobody could talk about it. The director couldn't talk about it. Uh, the writers couldn't talk about it. Nobody could talk about this film because then they'd be they'd be uh, you know they'd be crossing that picket line. Yeah. Um, so the studio put no faith into it. They did not market it well, and it had one. It it barely barely broke over a certain threshold of 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 box office return. And it is losing Warner Brothers money. Now, we still have one more film in the original DCEU coming out prior to anything that, that uh, James Gunn has been establishing. And that's the new Aquaman movie. And we just got a teaser for it this, this last week. Mm -hmm. Okay. This movie is supposed to come out in December. This is the first teaser that we're seeing of it. The actors can't talk about it. And we still have less than three months before it comes out. Yeah. So with Skeleton Crew, I would hazard a guess that if we do get it, it's not going to get the kind of publicity that it needs to have to All make right. it really stand out. Especially when you have people like uh, Jude Law, who's a household name in in the uh, in the movie. Um, yeah. And then... Um, as far as um, if and that's that's if it comes out this year, if it if they push it back until next year, which a lot of movies have been doing that, they've been they've been pushing like um, what was, um, there are some other movies that Disney had coming out that they pushed back. Yeah, and uh, the new De the new Deadpool movie is one of them. Like mm. it was supposed to come out in May, and I think they pushed it back by a couple months. Mm. So, all right. Well, I think we are coming up to our uh, time to like get things wrap things up here. And oh, yep. by the way, guess what? Hmm. We have a sponsor. We do. We have a sponsor. Geek News Now has scored a sweet deal from Amazon. You can get the most out of their audio audible out of Audible with their premium plus platform just as a trial. They'll give Ooh. you the benefits, all the benefits plus two free audiobooks just for trying them out. Click the link in the description below and, and get to listening. Let me just piggyback off of that, John, because I am a I am an Audible subscriber. I've been subscribing since like 2014. I love it. Um, having been in a situation where I do tons of driving, uh, where I am uh, or I'm working on my feet, the day the job that I have that makes me so do doggone tired by the end of the day, um, 
I listen to audiobooks regularly. Um, yes. And just this year alone, I have listened through 26, maybe 27 audiobooks just since January. Um, it is is worth having the subscription. It's super entertaining. You get access to to hundreds, if not thousands, of of audiobooks on there. Um, and the fun thing is, if you do subscribe, you you use our our promo code. Uh, I, I do have uh, an audiobook on there. It's called The Lover, The Fighter, The Philosopher. It is a book of poetry, and you can use that one free token or the one free credit to download it, and it is an awesome, awesome book. And it helps out everyone, not only our show, but everyone else out at the GNN Network. Uh, it helps us out. And yes. giving you all this great, great uh content we have out there with this show and all the other shows out there uh so with that being said garrett why don't you tell the folks out there where they can find you at yeah you guys can find me on uh instagram and x at gkj underscore publishing where i talk about my books like the poetry one i just mentioned um you can uh and i talk about my show the right way which is on youtube my youtube channel is called gkj publishing the show is called The Right Way, and we talk about book recommendations, author interviews, and creative writing tips. And going into season six, which launches on October 7th, uh, season six, our creative writing tips are going to be focusing on writing poetry. And so you'll get excerpts and examples from my audiobook, which I mentioned in our promo there. Yes. As for us here, of course, uh, we are a proud member of the Geek News, Na Geek News Now network try and say uh, that best i know that's a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> keep news down keep news uh, down keep news down gnn <laughs> just, it's just gnn um we're a proud member of them check them out check all the shows out on the gnn network um it is the exclusive home or for war of the stars if you want to get a hold of us the best way to do that is through our email War of the Stars one at gmail.com. That is also our handle on X. Um, all of the social media, you can find us at War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. If you want to support the show, of course, click the uh, audio audible link that will help us out a lot. Or you can buy the merch. The link is in the description, it will be in the description on our Twitter bio and other social media handles. Or you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars. I promise eventually Sundays we'll have something special on there. Um, I'm horrible about stuff like that. Uh, and is yeah. that it? I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. All right. As always, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time. May the force be with you. This is the way.